The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Glenn Beck. It's uh, Pat Gray and Stuber Gear for Glenn on the uh, Glenn Beck program. He's still, you know, can- canoeing back from his uh, Mediterranean crossing. He was canoeing across the Mediterranean, something he's wanted to do forever. And yeah. then uh, when he's done crossing the Mediterranean, he's just going to canoe back here. Which is, a, it's, a long, it's a long trip, uh, it's but he a, should be back yeah. by Monday. He, well, yeah, I mean, he's a heck of a rower. Mm-hmm. He, he really is. It's impressive. So hopefully by, uh, by Monday he'll, he'll be back. Um, so we've got this uh, mass of humanity heading for the U.S. border. Um, originated, I guess, in Honduras and then picked up a bunch of people in Guam, Guatemala and there's some more people waiting for him in Mexico and who knows how big this caravan is going to be by the time it gets here. But uh, the president is uh, asking... Yeah, in a, in some stern words, for the governments along the way to maybe do something about this and maybe stop the caravan, and of course that's hateful. It's a questionable it's tactic, I would say, uh, to send the military to. No, not not uh, not our response, but the actual caravan mm-hmm. itself. It is. I don't understand mm-hmm. what the what the point of these things are. It seems like every year or so we have another one of these stories. Yeah. And it's certainly not something that's going to influence the type of progress you would theoretically want if you are a migrant from Central America wanting to come to the United States. Yeah, you're talking from their mindset, yeah. right? From their point of view. It's, it does seem strange that they're doing it this way. It does not seem like it works, right? I, I mean, it just all it does is, you know... It I makes think, people angry who don't want people just thinking they can break into the country illegally. Yeah. And especially when you're doing it thousands at a time. That makes it even worse, it would seem to me. Yeah, I mean, because this is why you hear about the dreamers all the time, Pat. The dreamers, the people who dream, people who've just created a dream and they've dreamed it here in the United States and all they want to do is continue their dream, dreaming here yeah. in dreamland. That's all they want is a yeah. dream. Dreamy dreamers. Dreamy dream dreamers. Dream. And you hear about dreamy dreamers because they have stories that are largely compelling in a one-on-one <laughs> basis, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they pick, They know. of course, they don't pick the, uh, they came here at 17 and 11 months and uh, and yeah. have been breaking the law for 15 years. They pick the kid, and there are some examples of this where there's a kid who's you know four years old. It comes across with their parent, as as the phrase is, no fault of their own, which is true when you're four years old. And mm-hmm. there's a compelling case there, and I think a lot of people are open to that case, even if you. Uh, I think if you're four. You're mature enough to say, hey, mom, dad, I'm not doing this. <laughs> nah, okay, This is wrong. Uh, you know what? You're not dragging me illegally across that border. I'm not doing it. Have you guys looked at U.S. law? Come on. Because we're breaking it. Okay? <laughs> right, right, right now. Right now. We're going. To- <laughs> Usually that doesn't happen when you're four. So, I mean, there's a compelling case there. When you talk about 4,000 people coming across the border, that's just a mass. You can't look at those people individually, or it's mm-hmm. hard to, I think, for the average American, because th- this is this is just... This is not a situation where there's a person who who came across the border in a situation where they necessarily weren't making a decision to violate the law. These are 4,000 people intentionally telling you days in advance, weeks in advance, that what our goal mm-hmm. is is to come break the law. Uh, and that is – there's just not a, there's not a lot of sympathy, I think, from even Americans who are open to – to uh, border reform and immigration reform. Yeah. It, it's just a weird tactic. And to do it 
three weeks before an election, it's almost like Donald Trump was like, hey, guys, would you mind creating a caravan and uh, sending it this way? And I, what I will do is I will talk about it uh, and it will help us win this election. And then afterwards, you guys can go back home. We'll play for your bus. I was reading about the makeup of the caravan, too, earlier. Um, some of them are children with their parents. Many of them are children unaccompanied by their parents. So hmm. I, I try to figure out, all right, how did that occur at home did you did the parents just say hey you know what it's time for you to walk to the united states <laughs> and i want you to walk in that group of people and here's a guy i'm paying seven thousand dollars to walk you know somewhere in the group with you and he'll get you across the border is that what you're doing or are you just you're entrusting your children to who knows what I mean, where is the personal responsibility of the parents here yeah, I mean, there's got to be some. There is, and I think their case would be, or at least the case the left would make on their behalf would be, uh, you know, things are so things bad are so bad in Honduras or well, Guatemala. I, I mean, they could get a lot worse. You can be killed uh, on the way here. You could be molested on the way here. Somebody may not be there on the other side of the border. You, I mean, there's so <laughs> many things that could go wrong. You talk about helicopter parents. I mean, that's. <laughs> Pretty much the opposite. Like, say, hey, good luck. It's the same thing. We talked about this yesterday. I, you know, letting my kid walk, who's seven, walk the uh, the dog up the street, not the whole street, but part of the street, yeah. without me, you know, hawking over him the entire time, makes me as a parent freak out. I've told this story a few times. I, you know, we live in a neighborhood at the at the end of our uh, block. It, there, there, there's a giant pond there in a green area. It's common to the everybody in the neighborhood, and. When my daughter was 16, she said, "Hey dad, I'm just I'm going to walk down to the pond." I'm like, "Alone? <laughs> Without your brother?" No. <laughs> I mean, when I stop and think about how, you know, pretty protective. Yeah, look, yeah exactly. I, I, I don't I, let him walk down to the end of the block, let alone Hey, why don't you walk to Honduras with a group of people that I don't know? Good luck. Now, look, there are situations you could argue, right? Like if you were in, uh, you know, you're in North Korea, right, and you had a chance to get your kid out, you probably pulled the trigger on that, whether you ever see them again or not, right? There's a mm-hmm. certain level of this, and and that's not to say that none of the people in these situations are like this. Uh, it, there probably are some, but it, it's just it, you try to. It's the same thing with the dreamers, right? They, they try to give you the picture of everyone is a four-year-old who came across the border. Right. And in reality, like most of them are teenagers. Mm-hmm. Most of them were 16 and 17 years old. This is a diff- it's a different story. Uh, and you just wonder, first of all, why you would do this because it's a gift to Donald Trump. If you want to talk about hardening the borders, this is an easy way to get people together to do that. Mm-hmm. When people hear a story like this, it, it does not soften their hearts. It makes people say, whoa, this, it, you know, because the word invasion gets used with illegal immigration uh, sometimes from uh, people who oppose it, uh, you know, in a, in a hawkish manner. Mm. Right. And, you know, like 4,000 people 4, can kind of qualify. Right. Like 4,000 people coming across the border, it, whether you like it or not, feels like an invasion. Right. It feels yes. like, wait it a minute, does. they're just top like they're, what they're talking. The only way they could do anything here is overrunning what we have. Right. Like the overrunning the security. They're, not, they're either coming in uh, the right way or they're overrunning security. And you see that Mexico is, does not want to deal with this, but they know that they're, they're not the end. They're not the end location. So they can let them into Mexico and say, well, you guys apply for uh, for asylum. And in six months, you come back for that for that hearing. 
And, of course, they're just going to keep walking north. And it's interesting how other countries deal with this. And yet, uh, the vitriol directed at us for trying to deal with it in just even a fairly reasonable way. Every time we do, we're we're hateful, uh, we're uncaring, we're racist, whereas Mexico certainly protects their border. Uh, do you remember what Felipe Calderon said when he came to the United States and he was trying to influence our immigration policy? Of course, if somebody sneaks in from Nicaragua or some other country in Central America through the southern border of Mexico, they wind up in Mexico, they can go get a job, they no, can no. work. If somebody do that without permissions, we send, ba- we send back them. They send, they send back them. They send back them. If they do it without permissions, they send back them. Hmm. Uh, but we can't. Uh, we're expected to just accept everybody. We don't know who they are. We don't know what they're doing. We don't know what they bring to us. Mexico has a pretty stiff immigration law. They've got a streamlined law that ensures foreign visitors and immigrants are in the country legally, have the means to sustain themselves economically. They're not destined to be burdens on society. They are of economic and social benefit to society. Wait, you're... You expect your immigrants to contribute? Hmm. Mm. They're of good character, no criminal background, and they're contributors to the general welfare and well-being of the nation. Uh, they make sure that they don't have any sort of uh, criminal record. They make sure they do have visas. They make sure that they ban foreign visitors from interfering in the country's internal politics. That's, I mean... Can you think of it? I mean, how many illegal immigrant protests have there been where they're waving the mexican flags in our faces where they're demanding rights uh that they think they have coming to them in mexico you can't even you can't interfere in their internal politics plus if they think that you're going to throw off the balance of their demographics they deport you i mean that's uh uh, plainly is, racist right yes. i mean like that is not yes. that, there's not an argument there we would never never uh, you can't do that you know you can't do that and nor should you you shouldn't be like well i would like this percentage of african americans and this percentage we want to make sure we're still we 70 those. or 80 percent yeah i mean that's sick would you i would i can't i can't think of one trump supporter who would uh, support a policy where we had to keep the exact same percentages of no. white people versus other races? You, what you want are people who are productive, who are here because they mm-hmm. want to be here and be part of the society, who are going to add something to our community instead of taking things from it. I mean, right. you know, that's what you want. The hypocrisy is mind-boggling. That really is incredible. It's mind-boggling. It really is. It's border security for me, but not for thee. And that is not a, uh, that is not a, that's incredible. I mean, that's an incredible is. Uh, line there that they draw. It is. Uh, you know, it's not, it's not the right thing. And, and, it, and it's political. When he's t- look, the bottom line is we are, we have a lot of illegal immigrants here. There will be more that are coming. We need to, to mm-hmm. tighten that up. That is a completely, it's a larger argument mm-hmm. that needs to be addressed. And we've, you know, been talking about it for years and years. But politically speaking, you got three weeks to a midterm election there's no like this is a complete gift to the Republicans, to people who care about the border, yeah. to people who have any uh, to, to Donald Trump and the people he's supporting. Uh, it's a gift. It is, and and he's telling Republicans that, yeah, saying, "Hey, use this, use it in the, in your election campaign. <laughs> Start talking about immigration because I haven't heard any of them doing that. 
are any of the Republican candidates using immigration? Not that I've heard. I mean, maybe somewhere, someone somewhere is. But it doesn't seem to be a general theme for the party. Yeah, I did hear Cruz talking about it in the debate. Uh, I don't think I don't know that he mentioned the the caravan per se, but I mean, it, he was talking a lot about border security. I mean, there's a really close race in Arizona, a, a race uh, where uh, McSally has, a, I think, a great chance of winning or people you know, because her opponent there is like, if you took Michael Moore and put him in his brain into a female body of a congresswoman, you would have. All of these tapes that they've been finding about her, where she's saying, you know, she's bashing Arizona. She's saying it's the meth lab of democracy. She's saying people are crazy in Arizona. She's talking about how, I mean, she's on 9-11 truther shows. I mean, she is as, it's incredible that they decided to run her and and thought that this stuff would not come out. And and McSally is, you know, you're talking about uh, uh, one of the first female pilots uh, in history in the air of the Air Force, incredibly accomplished, yeah. has a great chance of winning in in a tough environment uh, in Arizona. Adding on this situation where, uh, you know, you're, you basically have a code pink worker, a code pink staffer is running for Senate in Arizona, and. It, it, it was a huge mistake, I think, for her to be was there. Was she nominee. literally with Code Pink, or you're just I, saying I, she's I, I, that I'm summarizing ilk. her views. I don't know exactly. She was. Yeah. She's been with a lot of these uh, left wing extreme groups. Uh, That's amazing. In the early 2000s, to the point where again, like she like co-hosted huh. a show with someone who was a 9/11 truther. Wow. For a while. That's like it's crazy. bonkers over the line, right? Yeah, and yeah. and the fact that you have a really solid candidate there in Arizona, and it's a border state. It's a big deal there. Texas is another one. The Cruz, you know, Cruz has got a lead there, but I mean, he's always been talking about border security. But again, look at the other side of that. Yeah. With Beto. He with, doesn't want no, a wall. He doesn't. I, I don't know that he even wants a border, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it. And he's made a big deal out of it. Some of his ads are like, Let's protect the dreamers. Let's let's protect the dreamers. And you know what that that means? It means it means amnesty for everybody. It doesn't stop with the dreamers. And I think everybody who has watched this battle for the last 15 or 20 years knows it doesn't stop with the dreamers. They're they're going to they want amnesty for all illegals here. All illegals, because you can't just say, all right, the dreamers can stay. Well, what about their parents? Okay, yes, they can stay. What about their cousins? Okay, it's the whole chain thing that Mm -hmm. that Trump talks about from time to time. That's what will happen if you grant them amnesty. 888-727-BECK is the phone number brought to you by Casper this half hour. Uh, Glenn has a Casper, uh, and he loves it. He always talks about how the first few nights he was like, "I I don't know. And that's the problem with buying a bed. If you go to a, a store that sells mattresses, you can lay down on a mattress and it can feel comfortable for that first uh, five minutes you're laying on it. But that, what does that tell you? It tells you nothing. You, you're talking about now 100 days that Casper will give you. 100 nights yeah. is a really good test. Or if you sleep during the day, 100 days. Yes. Uh, <laughs> 100 <laughs> nights is a really good test. You're going to know for sure whether you like this or not. And they make it very easy. If you, if you decide no you're okay they will they will make sure that they'll take it back they will deal with it uh put casper to the test in your own home for 100 nights risk-free this is an incredibly comfortable bed and uh you know in the summer it's going to sleep cool for you you're not going to get overheated 
Uh, it's just it's so comfortable and something you're really going to love. No wonder they have 35,000 five-star reviews of their products on uh, Casper, uh, on Google and Amazon and all those rating services. Go to casper.com slash Glenn, casper.com slash Glenn. Use the code Glenn for $50 towards the purchase of select mattresses. That's casper.com slash Glenn. Code is Glenn. You're going to get $50, $50 towards the purchase of select mattresses. Casper.com. Terms and conditions apply. Just talking about the uh, Ted Cruz, Beto O'Rourke, and for some reason, everybody, I guess including him, really uh, emphasize it's Beto, Beto. Uh, o- O'Rourke. Yeah, uh, uh, it's, it's not Beto. No, it's not it's Beto. Beto. It's Beto. Beto O'Rourke. So anyway, the that uh, race continues to uh, be pretty interesting. Right now, it looks like. Cruz has this pretty well in hand. Right now, he's up by seven, I think, on the average. Yeah, he is up about by seven. Um, he, of course, is a, uh, a deep Hispanic roots. Is why, if you don't know what Beto, oh, Beto? is, it's yeah. a deep mm-hmm. uh, Hispanic nickname for this deeply Hispanic man <laughs> um, whose name Robert Francis O'Rourke. Uh, it might not signify to you that how Hispanic he is, which is why he's called Beto. Right, Bet- Beto. Right. Um, but yeah, he was. I mean, I, I I assume he probably was a dreamer, right? He probably came here. You know, he, you would he, assume he, that he was in yeah. Ireland and dreamed of coming to the United <laughs> States, and then came here and became Hispanic. And I think he believed he was until the Hispanic Caucus said, uh, no, "No, no, you're that's not, not Hispanic." How this works. So yeah. even mm-hmm. the nickname didn't get him in. I, <laughs> I don't like, know. That's weird, right? Again, racism. Exactly. Uh, here is a Beto addressing his nickname. Listen. Congressman, throughout the campaign, you have been attacked for being what Don Jr. has called uh, an Irish guy pretending to be Hispanic. So what does the Hispanic community mean to you and what relationships do you have with that community? So to, so, to clarify the question about my name, I was born Robert Francis O'Rourke, son of Pat Francis O'Rourke, who was the son of John Francis O'Rourke, father to Ulysses Francis <laughs> no. O'Rourke, mm-hmm. uh, who will go as UFO um, for, for much of his life. Um, and, and from day one in El Paso, and, and you know this in McAllen, if you are born Robert or Albert or Gilbert or Umberto, your folks, your friends, your community calls you Beto. That's, that's my nickname that I've gone uh, by for my entire life. Um, uh-huh. Born and raised in fourth generation in El Paso um, in a community that is more than 80% Mexican-American. Uh, first of all, I've just, you know, I'm not Hispanic. I, I no one calls me, uh, any name other than Stu, uh, <laughs> at this point, which isn't even my name either. Uh, you can criticize me the same way you can talk about Beto. Cause that's actually not my name. My name's Steve. Mm-hmm. Uh, and inexplicably <laughs> I am called Stu. Uh, thanks a lot for, to Glenn Beck for that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I w- what I would say there is, first of all, it's just an inefficient process. I, I don't mean to criticize, uh, the culture of uh, of the hispanic people but if you have if, if if it's true what beto is saying which is anyone who's named any of four names are all called beto is that true i all, know everyone who's no. everyone who's called albert is called beto <laughs> no everyone everybody really? born in el paso that's of irish american descent, descent that's named albert and, and or named robert? robert francis they're called, <laughs> they're called beto, beto? all true? of them no i would it's love not to know no. if we could go and find an actual robert in el paso do any exist maybe is we could there, hear if, from somebody in el paso if you are in el paso or mm-hmm. anywhere around there and your name is robert i'd love to know if you exist because what we were just told is as everyone knows if you happen <laughs> to grow up in el paso and your name is robert bill ted stanley orlando or reginald you're being you're referred to as Beto. I, I that can't be true. Man. No, it can't. It, it I can't don't be think true. It can. 
And I, I don't think it is. I, I, I'm not saying it's not a common nickname in some communities. It probably is. But it wasn't his community. And is it not cultural appropriation? Did he not appropriate Hispanic culture? Yeah. Uh, how uh, it, is that not a problem? If that is a thing, this is an example of it. Yes. Now, I'm not yes. going to sit here and tell you it's a thing, because I think it's a ridiculous thing, but I'm sure Beto would tell us it's a thing. Yes. Yes, he would. All right. And in the meantime, we'd love to hear from Roberts in El Paso, or near El Paso, or Ocene El Paso. Are you Beto? Glenn. Beck. Mercury. This is the Glenn Beck Program. And Congressman, throughout the campaign, you have been attacked for being what Don Jr. has called uh, an Irish guy pretending to be Hispanic. So what does the Hispanic community mean to you, and what relationships do you have with that community? So to, to clarify the question about my name, I was born Robert Francis O'Rourke, son of Pat Francis O'Rourke, who was the son of John Francis O'Rourke, father to Ulysses Francis O'Rourke, uh, who will go as UFO um, for, for much of his life. Um, and, and from day one in El Paso, and, and you know this in McAllen, if you are born Robert or Albert or Gilbert or Umberto, your folks, your friends, your community calls you Beto. That's, that's my nickname that I've gone uh, by for my entire life. Um, born and raised in the fourth generation in El Paso, um, in a community that is more than 80% Mexican-American. That's okay, it. so if you're born Robert, Robert. Albert, Albert, Gilbert, Umberto, Paul, Frank, mm-hmm. Blaine, mm-hmm. Biff, Dave, Don, mm-hmm. Jack, yep. or uh, Frank. Mm-hmm. You're called uh, Beto. <laughs> and Frank twice, right? Yes. Yeah, I just want to make sure. Yes. <laughs> okay. Because that's true, <laughs> as we just learned. And that's an amazing accusation. Now, remember, I didn't realize, too, he said it's not just El Paso. It's no, also McAllen. McAllen. So I guess this is all over Texas yeah. is, is apparently what's true here. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the things I would love to do today to see, to test this, is it true that there is no example of someone named Robert, Albert, Gilbert, or Umberto <laughs> who was n- not named uh, what they're, you know, like, so if you were Gilbert and people call you Gilbert, Apparently, to Beto, you do not exist. You are not a person. You're not... Uh, it's We just... We have no evidence that you exist. So, if you happen to be a Robert, an Albert, a Gilbert, or an Umberto... <laughs> well, if you're Umberto, it, obviously, you're probably going to have a Hispanic nickname, right? That's kind of a Hispanic name. I would probably Umberto. think... Umberto. Yeah, I, would, I don't know what you would shorten Umberto to, except maybe Beto, I guess. I, yeah, I, I don't know any um, people who are not Hispanic. Yeah. Who are named Umberto. And, and this is an opportunity for us, uh, Pat and Stu, uh, two white, white, whiteies. Uh, mm-hmm. We're talking whitey, whitey to the max. The Two mm-hmm. of the whitest people you'll ever know, with almost no cultural awareness whatsoever, to be learned here. We can be yeah. taught about uh, uh, Hispanic culture. I mean, Beto has been white-splaining us uh, some Hispanic culture here over the past few months. But I would like to know from people who actually grew up in these areas, is it true that everyone, I'm sure there are some examples, I can think of one off the top of my head, who's named Robert Francis O'Rourke and calls himself Beto. But is there is this a common thing to the point of, I believe his standard was everyone who gets named one of those names in Texas or in, in, this commu- in these communities would be referred to as Beto. <laughs> is it possible? Is there a unicorn out there? <laughs> that is named Robert and is only called Bob. 
Is there someone out there who is named Albert? It is called Al. Is that is that a unicorn? Mm-hmm. Is that a mythical being, or does that exist? 888-727-BECK. 888-727-2325. If you happen to be someone named Robert... And you're born in El Paso, or grew up in El Paso, yeah, or, or, or McAllen. Yeah, I mean, somewhere along somewhere the border. along the border of yeah. Texas, in southern Texas somewhere. Or I, I suppose it would also apply in Arizona, right? Or, yeah, or California. Yeah, any, any. Uh, I mean, he didn't, he limited it to, uh, I would say, Texas border area. But I would, I'd be interested to see if this is a widespread phenomenon. Yeah. Is it possible? Can a, can a mother name their kid Gilbert and not have them referred to as Beto their entire life? Is that a possibility? I don't know. I am just not in tuned to the cultural developments as much as I should be. And, you know, please mm-hmm. come and, and, and white-splain this to us because we are just, that's not our role here, Pat. We're just too white. We yeah. can't understand things like this. To, uh, to look, exactly. Let me let me admit. I'll just admit it. To me, uh, Beto referring to himself as Beto feels like a guy who wants to take advantage of the Hispanic community for votes. I, and I know that can't be true because, but it's just because I'm too white to understand it. I can't quite get there. I can't clear that hurdle to understand why someone would do that. And we will soon find out to see if we can find any any Roberts who are actually Roberts. It looks like we have a uh, Joe Robert, hmm. who no doubt is Beto, uh, calling from El Paso. Um, Joe Robert? Yes, here. Uh, is, it, is it more preferred for us to refer to you as Beto? No, no. no. Not even Jose. Don't even call me Jose either. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what is your actual given name? My birth name is Joe, J-O-E, first name, Robert, R-O-B-E-R-T. And okay. I don't let anybody call me anything else. What, so when someone calls you up, how do they refer to you? Is, well, they don't say my middle name mostly because I don't give it out unless it's, you know, for formal stuff. But just Joe. Okay. Joe and but my last name. Not better. <laughs> not better. I'm not Bob either. I'm not Joe Bob either. <laughs> <laughs> let me ask you this. And this is, uh, why did you call National Radio and lie? Because we know everyone in these areas that has Robert is better. Why would you lie? No, all those names you mentioned, I, I, it, it does, it does depend on if they want to be called Beto. It is a nickname. It's, I don't know what it is, but I've known all those people, and I've always called them either Albert, Umberto, you know, and the other one, Gilbert. <laughs> I didn't even know Gilbert was Beto, but that's new to me. So, but do they? Do a lot of white guys call themselves Beto, or do other people call them? Beto. Actually, he's the first one that I know of. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Joe, what is your background? Do you? What's your ethnic uh, background? It, I am Hispanic, uh, you know, by uh, Latin descent. Um, a lot of people, I get a lot of grief because they say I'm Mexican-American, but I refute that. I'm not refuting it because I'm ashamed of it. I do have Mexican background, but my surname, which, of course, I'm not going to give out, is uh, from Spain. My surname, my last name. Mm. So, this is so. This is so. A, this is fascinating. You are in the in the Hispanic community. You have Robert mm-hmm. in your name. You are not yeah. called Beto, <laughs> and you know the people that you refer to in the Hispanic community with the names Robert, Albert, Gilbert, and Umberto. You refer to by their actual names. <laughs> Uh, yes, I do. Hmm. This is an interesting piece of you, evidence. We found the unicorn. This is the, you you're the only of. one, uh, Stu. We know there's amazing. one. We should send this to Beto so he doesn't make this mistake next time on CNN. 
I don't want him to go down a road where he's making mistakes and saying things that blatantly aren't true on national television. Mm-hmm. That would be terrible for we're, him. We're just trying to help. We're trying to help here. That's and all. so is Joe. Thank you, Joe, for calling in. And, and I would love to hear from more people. If you happen to be Robert, Albert, Gilbert, or Umberto, <laughs> or happen to live in a, in a Hispanic community where you know uh, someone of these names, is that always how you refer to it? Because that is the standard set uh, by Beto. And I'm curious to see if that if there are more unicorns out there. We've discovered something today, but look at the work we've done. This is hour one. It's incredible. We've already uncovered something that people have told us did not exist. <laughs> it's, it's a miracle. And all this hard research we've put into this today uh-huh. by giving out the phone number you know, once or twice. And shockingly, we were able to uncover somebody. So we'll see if there's more out there. I don't know if there is. I, I mean, assume d- he's the only one. We've done a lot of digging so far, so um, <laughs> maybe it'll produce more fruit. I don't know. Uh, Richard in Texas, you're on the Glenn Beck program. Hi. Hey, guys. My hey. name is Richard. I'm out here in El Paso. Okay. Uh, the first thing I'd like to say is that there's really not that many Latinos named Francis. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's my first point. Okay. So your second point that you were mentioning I would say that 95% of the people that are named in the names that you mentioned do go by Veto. Mm-hmm. That's a high percentage. I mean, that's, of them. that's a lot. Yeah. And I am a Latino, and I am an American citizen. All right. Well, thank you very that's much. What, that's, what we, that's what happens here in our community. Okay, so you do... In El Paso. You mm-hmm. do know a lot of guys, like a lot of white guys that go by Beto. No. No. <laughs> okay, so the guys you're talking about, the 95%. white guys here are called gringos. Right. <laughs> yes. Okay. So cause this is an interesting distinction. You're saying in the Hispanic community, people of Hispanic descent with some of these names go are called Beto. Beto. But the people who are white yes. named Robert Francis do not go by Beto. No. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Okay, well, I don't that think this one helps Beto that much. <laughs> Not at all. I don't think it does, but thank you Thanks, for the call. Again, look, well, there's a couple unicorns out there. We're going to, yes. you can always, when you're you're searching for horses, you're going to find a couple with horns on their head. That's just one of the things. Some of them are going to be able to fly. It's part of the, it's just part of the experience when you're mm-hmm. looking to find a horse. Hey, look at that one. It's got, it happens to be rainbow colored and is flying through the sky. Everyone has those And moments. you say, huh. How about that? I'm just curious. I just concerned. Yeah. Because, you know, look, CNN is the place where they're going to they're gonna dig deep and, and get the facts out of this. this guy. Yeah, he's going to get a massive fact check at some point today because apparently we're hearing from El Paso that people that are white named Robert Francis are not typically called Beto. This mm-hmm. is, I, I mean. And we don't doubt at all that if you have Hispanic background and your name is Robert or Umberto mm-hmm. that you're called Beto. That doesn't. I, I'm not surprised by that at all. What would surprise me is if a lot of Roberts, who are just white guys that usually go by Bob in this culture, mm-hmm. uh, are going by Beto. Now, can you? One interesting thing we could do with Robert Francis O'Rourke is you could call him Bob Frank O'Rourke too, right? We could go with <laughs> Bob Frank O'Rourke. You could. Yes, you could. Bob Frank O'Rourke is is not. It doesn't connect as deeply to the Hispanic community. <laughs> I wouldn't say Bob Frank. <laughs> Uh, but I'm sure he I, that had nothing to do with his consideration by putting Beto on all of his signs. Now, we all, of course, know that he was calling himself Bob on television when he was in a band. Yeah, and that band performed on television in El Paso hmm. on their morning show, and he brought his incredible guitar stylings to the show, 
and it was getting late in the show, and the host of the show was concerned that they got to start playing because the show was about over. But listen to what he calls him here. Bob, I'm afraid your show's going to be over. Bob, I'm afraid the show's going to be over before you... So he's talking to Beto, I believe, at that time. Mm. And then you hear the guitar stylings of Beto himself, and he's incredibly talented. Wow. And listen to this guy. It's... It's good. <laughs> this isn't really him, is it? Yeah. This is actually Beto playing guitar. But this is the band he's supposed Yeah. And then they kick it into gear, man, and it's... Listen to that. I, it's the guitar stylings of Beto Francis O'Rourke. <laughs> Bob Frank? <laughs> of Bob Frank O'Rourke. Wow, that is... Talented. But he's called Bob. <laughs> hey, Bob, I'm worried you're not going to get a song. Listen carefully. That's embarrassing. Uh, this is just a one giant embarrassment of a campaign, isn't it? It not? is. Yeah, it is. I mean, the fact that this guy's caught on with the left. It, I mean, this oh, man. They, love him. they want to run him for president in 2020. He's raised more money than any Senate candidate in history for a quarter. That's how much they love this guy. He raised more in this quarter than Barack Obama did back in 2008. That's incredible. Is that amazing? And because why? He made a speech about the NFL where he said it was okay to kneel because uh, they... It, I, I guess. I guess that's it. Couldn't think of anything viral? more American than that? I, you know, I can think of several uh, things more American than that. Yeah, uh, a lot. I, 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 don't, uh, I don't think I understand it, but maybe we'll get more evidence from El Paso, and this will show us that there's only two. There's only two people who would <laughs> possibly disagree with the story from Beto O'Rourke in these communities. I'm glad we've heard from a couple... Uh, because that proves that unicorns do exist. But we'll we'll figure it out, and we'll we'll lock it down here coming up. 888-727-BECK is the phone number. Uh, Glenn, of course, is uh, traversing the uh, Mediterranean Sea, then coming back across the uh, Atlantic Ocean in a canoe. And when he gets back, he will join a traveling circus this weekend. If you want to check out the dates, you can find those out. Uh, I, I don't know if they're going to be up at glenbeck.com slash tour. He will, if you go there, you can find the dates to our tour where we're going out around the country. Uh, but I don't know if the, this weekend's traveling circus that Glenn will be hosting is going to be listed there, but you can look for it in your community as well. Uh, he'll be back on Monday. Uh, we'll talk about Bitcoin a little bit here. Bitcoin was down 40%. Gosh, it was only over just a, just a year ago. It was down to 1850 a coin. And, uh, you know, you forget with the huge run it had in the late year that anyone who invested back before the giant spike of Bitcoin is still up a lot, three and four times their money. Uh, from just a little over a year ago, it's hard to imagine that that uh, this whole run has uh, could have been profitable that late. Now, Tika Tawari from Palm Beach Letter wrote an announcement uh, talking about how it would bring enormous amounts of money into Bitcoin. Uh, at the time, it was eighteen fifty a coin. He said Bitcoin would hit ten thousand. Uh, well, as you know, it went up to twenty thousand. It's still almost seven thousand now, which is uh, much almost up to his uh, <laughs> the level he was saying it was going to get to at its peak. Uh, Tika announced, uh, like last year, another big event is happening. He thinks Bitcoin can go up by 10 times or more. If it does, it would be nice knowing you. You'll never hear my voice again. Um, But uh, I really hope he's right on this one. But the point is, uh, if you want to know about these things, you have to make sure you're educated. Cryptocurrency has obviously been a huge development, not only in in the financial world, but in the technology world. You know, uh, huge corporations are dumping money into this, into developing these cha- these ideas on blockchain. You need to know the details about it. You know, I, we've been saying this for a long time. It, 
if you get a hundred bucks, if you could skip, you know, a night out, you know, dinner, movies and drinks, you could get a hundred bucks, throw it into Bitcoin, could turn into thousands. Uh, it's, it's already happened in very recent history, uh, but you need to know the details. You shouldn't invest if you don't know what the heck you're talking about. Don't be me. Uh, smartcryptocourse.com is the place to go. Go to smartcryptocourse.com or call 877-PBL-BECK. That's 877-PBL-BECK or smartcryptocourse.com. Glenn Beck. All right, we are looking for um, people in El Paso or McAllen or you know border cities that is so common that if your name is Robert, Albert, Gilbert, or Umberto, you go by Beto. And uh, so we've got some uh, people lined up. We'll, we'll get to them in here in a second because uh, we were told by Beto O'Rourke, that's what happens in these border towns. You can't avoid it. You, you just can't avoid it. It's not just him trying to hispander to Hispanics in uh, Texas. That's not what it's about. He just happened to have a lifelong nickname because everybody does. Everybody does. Every white person does. Now, that mm-hmm. doesn't always happen when you go on television. You know, people are going to call you Bob and... And that's mm-hmm. just going to be part of your situation. Right. That's their fault. But that's because he was probably a white guy that doesn't understand the Hispanic probably. culture of, of Robert Francis O'Rourke. Yeah. Of Bob Frank. And he made a mistake when he said this to, to Beto. Bob, I'm afraid your show's going to be over before, you be over before you get. <laughs> <laughs> and then the fabulous guitar playing. I mean, the guy was incredibly talented. I don't know how he didn't take off as a rock star. How did that happen? I just don't understand it. But again, I don't understand Hispanic culture. Apparently, uh, apparently, I, so. I need to I need to be learned. So triple eight seven two seven Beck. We'll get to your Beto calls coming up. Glenn Beck Mercury. The country has been pushed to the limit. Our political bonds have been torn apart. We need a true leader who can save us from certain doom. Unfortunately, we could only find this guy. Hey, it's Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck is coming live to talk about the right path forward and to make fun of the people standing in the way. He might not be able to save the country, but at least we can all go down laughing. Glenn Beck Live, the Addicted to Outrage Tour, on tour this fall. For tickets, VIP packages, and more, visit glennbeck.com. Pat Gray and Stuber Gear for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Hopefully, uh, Glenn will be back from his canoe trip across the Mediterranean on uh, Monday. And uh, traveling circus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And triathlon. The triathlon is over. I, I believe he finished uh, fourth, which was much worse than I, I think he expected. Yeah. Um, so we'll have to get in the <laughs> that details. That was out of 3,000 people, though. So, I mean, yeah. it wasn't that bad. Oh, no. It was, it was good for, bad. I think, the average Just person. Just disappointing for him. Yeah, you know, especially because he's in such shape. it was one over a rough terrain, which is his specialty. You know, uh, a lot of uphill, a lot of mountain climbing in the middle of it, which is not usually in the middle of a triathlon. No, but, but, but he wanted to go through the toughest conditions he could find. Yeah. And so I think that's admirable. It is. Good, it is. Good it, for it, him. He trained so hard for it. Yeah. You can tell. Uh, Look at him. Look at him. <laughs> right? I tell you. I yeah. tell you. And that just has nothing to do with mm-hmm. how he pulled off that training. While at the same time learning to uh, to train elephants for the circus was an incredible achievement. Amazing. I mean, you know, Ringley yeah. Brothers has gone Amazing. away now. You know, he's stepped in, mm-hmm. and he'll be doing that all this weekend. You can find him all around the country <laughs> uh, with with a bunch of elephants, and you won't mistake him for one. One of them's them. Jeffy, uh, yeah. so that'll be that'll be cool. We'll we'll be watching for that. Yeah, we're learning a little bit today. <clears throat> I, you know, I, I like this, Pat. Sometimes talk shows you can kind of be. Too sure of yourself, too much certainty. Mm-hmm. And today we're really learning here from the Hispanic community of uh, nothing Ro- wrong with that. Robert Francis O'Rourke. I, I was not aware mm-hmm. that every white person in El Paso 
that was named uh, Robert Francis would be referred to as Beto. That was not something that I knew until very recently, so last night on CNN even, because he's been talking about the Beto thing, but I didn't know. I thought maybe it was just him. Right. Maybe there's some quirky thing about him. No. But no. Everybody. He I said mean, everybody. That, right? Let's, uh, let's mm-hmm. remind people of, of what he told us, because we all want to learn together. Uh, everybody has this nickname. Here's what he said. Congressman, throughout the campaign, you have been attacked for being what Don Jr. has called uh, an Irish guy pretending to be Hispanic. So what does the Hispanic community mean to you, and what relationships do you have with that community? So to, to clarify the question about my name, I was born Robert Francis O'Rourke, son of Pat Francis O'Rourke, who was the son of John Francis O'Rourke, father to Ulysses Francis O'Rourke, uh, who will go as UFO um, for, for much of his life. Um, and, and from day one in El Paso, and, and you know this oh, in McAllen, if you are born Robert mm-hmm. you or know Albert, Albert, Gilbert, or Gilbert. Umberto. Umberto. Your folks, your okay. friends, your folks, community friends. calls you community. Beto. That's, that's my Duh. nickname that I've gone uh, okay. by for my entire life. His Except entire life. Born and raised. And in I mean, that's generation. just what happens. Yeah. That's just what happens when you're Robert, Albert, Gilbert, or Umberto. And, you just go by Beto. And that's all there s- is to it. White or not, that's but, what you go by. Right. And when we say uh, you're in his entire life, Mm-hmm. What we actually mean is his entire life, with the exceptions of times he was in public and happened to be recorded. Because when he was recorded, it was Bob. If his life started during his campaign, right. um, <laughs> <laughs> then yes, his whole life. Yeah, and that's what's, what's incredible about this is he really has <laughs> excited hard the hardcore left with these big time donations. Oh. And I don't know, you know, it's thirty eight million. We're talking about, uh, you know. Uh, Huge, you know, Hollywood celebrities. Uh, you know, I think mm-hmm. Beto Duvall maybe behind that. Uh, <laughs> Beto Downey Jr. Uh, you know, there's a lot of big celebrities. Uh-huh. I don't know if he got done in the world of sports. You know, I don't know what Beto Pujols has done. I mean, maybe he has donated <laughs> as well. I'm not. I'm not 100 mm-hmm. percent sure. I was watching the NBA last night, and uh, you know, it's back into effect now. I was really amazed because, uh, you know, first of all, it's great to watch the NBA because, you know, you get that feeling of like the old school of old school sports. You know, uh, you got the announcer, Marv Beto, who is, uh, <laughs> is who is who is giving you all. It's, it's just really interesting to watch it. And, uh, you know, who uh-huh. knows how many of them have. I know LeBron James was one of the people who would who, who's kind of excited about about Beto. Um, I'm not sure if you go over to football of uh, BG3. Uh, was one of these people, uh, former Redskins quarterback, BG3, uh, who is, I don't know if he's donated at all, but we'll find out about that. Uh, it's going to be interesting. You know, musical celebrities as well, like uh, Herb Beto and the Tijuana Brass. What do they oh, feel? Oh, yeah. You know, right. I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I'm not sure exactly. I, all I know is anyone with those letters, mm-hmm. you get to Beto somehow. Yes. And I'm sure, I mean, this this, this goes back, you know, back to kids playing pranks on each other like if i if i do a prank call to you right now uh, you know phone's ringing you answer it mm-hmm. hello uh hi do you have prince beto in a can <laughs> this is so common it goes back so long mm-hmm. it's so deeply ingrained deep in in our in our community yes I'm like, hey 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 it's fat beto everyone knows that i remember that yeah, that's one of the things i remember that. from my childhood yeah everyone mm-hmm. everyone watched it <laughs> and uh, i'm glad that you know we're able to to, to see uh, that this is all coming together for Beto. And he's able to, again, teach us. I, I'm trying to find out the truth. Mm-hmm. And we are now learning from many people across the country what the truth is, which is, so far, 
nothing that Beto said has been accurate. But I think <laughs> we're going to find out the opposite very soon. Well, we've asked for people to call us and tell us about their uh, white friends named Beto in El Paso or McAllen or whatever mm-hmm. border town you live in. Because I'm sure it's common not just in those two towns, but virtually every border town, I would assume, oh, yeah. you know, where white people are called Beto. Everyone knows that. Uh, yeah. Um, so let's uh, talk to... Lene in Texas. Hey, Lene, you're on the Glenn Beck program with Pat and Stu. Good morning, guys. You're morning. cracking me up over here in El Paso. <laughs> That's good to hear. So you have Bettos? Well, in, to, do you have a lot of Bettos in your family? Okay. I actually do. I have three. My husband is Beto. My stepson is Beto. And my father-in-law is also Beto. But none of them go by Robert. None of them. None of them. So they all go... Wait. They all really do go by... Beto? No, they really no. don't. Okay. I, I want to start calling my husband Beto. I told him this. You're going to be Beto coming up here pretty soon, buddy. And he says, no way. But the, the three of them actually don't like the name Robert, so they go by their middle names anyway. So there's no Betos in my family. So you have oh, wow. three Roberts in your family. You're from three El Paso, and none no. of them go by Beto. Huh. None of them do. What, no, is, what, is no. your, are, what is your background? Are you a boring white person? I am. I'm born and raised, and I get the question all the time, are you military? And I say, no, there are white people here in El Paso. <laughs> that is allowed? They do allow that. Okay, good. Uh, that's interesting. I, I, uh, that's, again, that seems to be evidence against Beto. It does. We really should report this to him, it because does. when he goes on national TV and says these things, he's going to get fact-checked hard today. It's going to be a terrible day for him. Yeah. Thanks, Lene. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm very upset about this. So that's... Well, only every person who's called so far has contradicted uh, Beto yeah. on that. And that's why, like, I, you know, hmm. we want to be factual. We want to deep dig deep into the science, and that's what we're doing here. You know, Pat and I both come from a scientific background, um, and that's why we've always looked at, you know, for one of, one of our examples, of course, is Beto Einstein, who is a, <laughs> a, a great hero. He's done amazing things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, well, I hope we can get yeah. these facts nailed down. Um, uh, let's see. We got Berta. Berta in Texas. Hi. Good morning. I am Hi. having so much fun. Mm. My brother, I have a twin brother mm-hmm. who uh-huh. is named Roberto at birth. As an adult, he's, we call him Robert. Okay. Or Beto. You do. I do get Beto. Okay. Now, okay. Is, what is your background? Are you, uh, are you a boring white person or... Something that would be positive in our society. We're Americans of Mexican descent. Oh, okay. Yeah, this so, doesn't help I don't call yeah, myself that... Hispanic or mm-hmm. Latina or Chicana mm-hmm. or Chuca. I call myself an American oh, of excellent. Mexican descent. First of all, my thank you for is, that. My name is Berta, but I like to be called Berta or get this, Bobby. Mm. Wow. See? Okay. Wow. So you're going okay. the other way. You're going from Berta to Bobby, which is interesting in this Bobby. context. <laughs> I've used that name for 40 years, and uh, I don't like to be called Bertha, which is the natural uh, inclination for people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know Beto personally. Oh, you do? I worked. I used to work for the VA in El Paso as the secretary to the director and assistant director. Uh-huh. When he first started his uh, term in Congress, he was very adamant about helping veterans. And we were overjoyed because we needed help getting the message out about, about the veterans. Mm-hmm. It, well, it wasn't. A, and I gave him a, a lot of my information because I knew what was going on. Stuff was crossing my desk and everything. Mm-hmm. When I found out that uh, Beto 
was uh, running for Senate, I knew he had used the veterans as a launching point. Mm. And then he threw them under the bus. Wow. For, uh, to get his name known, to get his name nationally known. And by the way, mm. I call him personally myself, I call him Horseface. <laughs> not, not uh, attractive, tall and gangly. He's got that um, what are, Adam's apple that sticks out a foot long. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to seem like an angry Hispanic female. Mm-hmm. I am just an angry conservative. And oh, I forgot to tell you, I have my best friend, and she's dating an Albert. She calls him Beto, but he's a raging liberal. And an atheist. Well, it does seem um, like, and and thank you for the call. It does seem like that there's a uh, there's an effort made when you when you prioritize identity politics over everything else. These things are sensible, right? Like it's sensible that Barry Obama was Barack Obama, right? He, it's it's mm-hmm. it's it's sensible in that world. It's sensible if you're Elizabeth Warren to claim you have Native American heritage and in, in in your school and and submit uh, recipes to Pow Wow Chow. Like that makes sense in that world because that's all you prioritize. It's the only thing that matters, right? If the only thing that mm-hmm. matters is your identity as a victim, then classifying yourself uh, as associated with a victimized population of evil conservatives does a lot of good for you. There's a real incentive and motivation to do it. And we keep, we seem to see it over and over and over again. And, you know, look, maybe he was called Beto. Was it, I don't know. Uh, I, it's possible. I haven't seen a ton of evidence that it's accurate. Nor that it makes any sense. But beyond that, mm-hmm. the idea that he is put on every single sign solely the four letters B-E-T-O. This is not like that might be his nickname. And it might be that it's OK to call him Beto. But it's this is not he's not doing it because that's the uh, the case. He's doing it because he's trying to fool a bunch of people, yes. and especially back you know when he was trying to get to this level. At this point, I don't know. I think everybody knows. But it helped him climb to this level. And it's it's the name that appears on the ballot, too, which is interesting. Very strange. Very strange. A lot of times, if it's a nickname, they'll put, like, Robert Francis, and then in parentheses, <clears throat> Beto O'Rourke. So you can identify him from, you know, his campaign sure. uh, stuff. Which that kind of makes sense, although I, I don't even love that but all that much. But it's only Beto O'Rourke on the ballot. So that, I mean, the guy has gone to great lengths not to use Robert Francis, not to be identified as Irish-American. Now, if you press him on it, he's obviously going to admit, yeah, I'm Irish-American. And I, yeah. I come from a long line of Irish-Americans. Right. But that's not what you get from him when you just watch his uh, his campaign ads or you see him in a debate. He doesn't no. He doesn't identify like that at all. He's trying to be a Kennedy, right? He like he wants to be a Kennedy and a, a plot, you know, uh, appeal to the Hispanic community. And it's like, mm-hmm. you're, look, you're not BFK, okay? We all know who BFK was. He's been gone for a long time. <laughs> we all know that you're not BFK, and just stop trying to be BFK. You're not him. He's working on it though. <laughs> he's trying. He's he's trying. I mean, Beto Beto Fitzgerald Kennedy was an incredible person. We all know that. (laughs) He was. We know that. Terrible tragedy, and I mean, it really was an amazing uh, turn of events there. And it's good to see. It's good to see uh, that this has gone on. Mm -hmm. I I just I don't I don't see how people don't see through this. You know, and I think maybe on the left they don't want to because they think they have a chance. You know, every few years the the left gets this terrible tease 
where they get to get close in, for, in a few polls. I mean, Wendy Murphy's going to change Texas. Who's the mayor of Houston that was going to change Texas? Uh, oh. Uh, uh, you remember, you were, he was the mayor when you were down there, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sort of a moderate-leaning de- uh, Democrat. Uh-huh. He was also going to change Texas. Uh-huh. Every time they run somebody, there's somebody who's going to just change it. And it's going to, you know, no longer, we're going to have to deal with these darn Republicans down there. We turn this state blue, we've won forever. And by the way, that part of it is true. If they start, they turn if this they state blue. If they successfully do, yeah. yeah, that's true. They will run, they will run the country for a very long time if they're capable of doing that just from an electoral vote standard. But still, it's a, it's not, it's, it's a way to suck the money out of small donors who are throwing it away. You know, we keep hearing how bad people have it. And I think that's true in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. But it's like, if you have it really bad because Donald Trump has ruined your life or whatever it is, is it really uh, the best expenditure of your money to send it to somebody out of state in Texas who's going to lose by 8 or 10 or 12? I-, I can't imagine that that's a thing that you should be encouraging if you actually cared about people's well-being. But the Hollywood crowd loves him. They're talking about running him for president in 2020. Even Beto De Niro uh, pushed his name out there. <laughs> really? As, really? Yeah. Beto De Niro. Beto De Niro. Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, they've got the <laughs> they got the name in common, but I think it goes beyond that. Oh, I think yeah. he likes his politics. I think he does too. You know, <laughs> so. it's Bob Duvall has done it as well. Uh, we Bob Downey Jr. or Beto Downey Jr. We know about that. Uh, <laughs> Beto Duvall. It's really a good collection out in Hollywood. It is. Uh, it's a big. It's a big group. Uh, yeah. Beto Brooks. Is also uh, is also this is so stupid, but I love it. It's just so insane. Your name is Robert, mm-hmm. Robert or Bob. If you're a white dude, that's what you get. Yes, I don't even know why you get Bob. Honestly, it's still a, it's kind of a it's a summary of your name. I don't, Rob seems to me to mm-hmm. me even make more makes sense, more sense, right? Does, uh, but whatever, yeah. we'll give it to you. Uh, you know, Beto, but Beto, no, no, I'm gonna go with no on that. Triple eight seven two seven. B-E-C-K. We do the show and say these bizarre things as we sit in our X chairs. X chair is awesome. It is the new chair that we had in there. We had these uh, kind of crappy chairs here for a while, and uh, Glenn in particular would whine about them constantly because that's kind of what Glenn does. Uh, he's, you know, I, It's funny. For a guy who, who dedicates so much time to physical training, when he's a little uncomfortable... <laughs> You know, he really does complain. You he whines. Yeah. yeah, you'd think a guy who has spent, you know, months and months and months hardcore training for a triathlon and a canoeing across the Mediterranean, which is where he is right now, uh, and then he's going to he's going to train, come back and then train elephants and show do an elephant show in a traveling circus. You'd think a guy like that would have, uh, would have whine when his chair wasn't so great. But he's not whining anymore because he's got the X chair. Uh, the X chair is the most modern and stylish piece of furniture you're uh, you're gonna you're gonna have uh, if you've got an office and you're sitting there all the time and you're, you're, you have to stand up all the time because you're uncomfortable. You're not gonna need to do that with your X chair. X chair is a great way to keep your energy up, to keep your concentration up during a long day at work, get more productive. Don't waste another day with a generic chair you've been using. Get an X chair, feel the difference for yourself. It's on sale now for one hundred dollars off. Go to X Chair Beck. Now, it's uh, the letter X, chairbeck.com, or call 844-4X-CHAIR. X-CHAIR comes with a 30-day, no-questions-asked guarantee of complete satisfaction. Go to xchairbeck.com and use the code BECK, B-E-C-K. Get the free footrest as well, 844-4X-CHAIR or xchairbeck.com. Pat Gray uh, and Stu for Glenn of the Glenn Beck program. You can also hear my show um, every weekday. Immediately preceding this one from uh, 7 to 9 Eastern Time. 
888-727-BECK. Uh, let's go to Jack in Pennsylvania. Uh, Jack, you're on the Glenn Beck program. Hi. Hey, Pat and Steve. Love you guys. <laughs> uh, I, I think you're missing a very important point, and that is that O'Rourke identifies as Hispanic. Uh, so, therefore, mm. he must be believed. Wow, that's, that's a, a great point. We, sure is. Again, we are learning today. Yeah. I forgot that was the standard. How insensitive of us. Mm-hmm. How hateful and uh, downright ugly that is that we haven't <laughs> spoken about how he does identify. He, yeah. And it must be as Hispanic. <laughs> Thanks, Jack. Thanks. It's, it's interesting with that sort of talk. It's like, you know, the, the Elizabeth Warren is essentially identifying as a Native American without real evidence that she is. Uh, she's getting beat up. I mean, this has been one of the biggest political disasters of all time. Her coming out and trying to say that she actually is Hispanic or and then Native American, sort because, of proved it by going back six to, to ten generations. Tried to prove it. One one thousand twenty fourth. Yeah, that's amazing. The left hates it. They're like, this is this is playing into the worst of our uh, beliefs about you know blood being the determining factor in these things, and they they hate it. They're they have destroyed her over this. She's handled it terribly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's almost like one of those things. I don't know. Maybe they should have leaked it through another source. The fact that she's associating herself with coming out and doing this is is amazing. Uh, but the identifying thing, there's two parts of that. Like, I, as a, you know, say the, you know, the libertarian side of me, right? Like, I don't care what people say they are, right? Like, it makes mm-hmm. no difference to me if she says she's Native American or not. I don't care. But beyond that, there's an actual truth. You know, if, if Rachel yeah. Dolezal wants to come out and say she's black or Sean King wants to come out and say he's black when they're not black, I does that matter to me? I don't care what they're doing. They're mm-hmm. I think they're lying, right? And they're doing this for a reason. But that doesn't mean it affects me in any way. However, we have to be able to stand up for the truth. The truth is that Sean King is white. The, <laughs> the truth is that Rachel Dolezal is white. And, and the truth is that Beto O'Rourke is white. Is white. And, you know, I, that's okay. You know, people are supposed to be able to be, you know, we're not supposed to care so much about these identifying factors, but we're in a world in which the left only embraces identity politics. It's a sick world. We need to cure it. Pat and Stu, 888-727-BECK. Glenn's going to be back from his uh, trip um, Monday, we think. Right now he is, uh, I, I think he's, He's climbing K two right right this second. Yeah, right. I think they're getting they're like they're two thirds of the way to the summit. Right yeah, now. it's the second ty- uh, highest peak in the world. Some people mm-hmm. say it's the highest and the most difficult to climb. And we probably should have spent more time on this. I know Glenn Glenn does not want to bring it up because you know he you know feels like it's bragging or whatever. But yeah, K- mm-hmm. climbing K two this weekend. You can follow his progress. I, I I know there's a website. I don't remember what the name of it is. But if you kind of go out, you search for uh, Glenn Beck climbing K two, it'll probably pop up. Probably because uh, I think they're doing. Unless some live he put streaming. this on the dark web, yeah. A lot of time, a lot of time he does. Yeah. For some reason, he puts stuff on the dark web. Uh, so I don't, I don't know. Maybe you'll have to find it there. Uh, but we're we're uh, we're here talking about uh, uh, Beto O'Rourke and Ted Cruz in, in a Texas uh, Senate battle. A lot of people calling in and saying that they knew a lot of people who were white and not named Beto in the communities that he talked about on CNN uh, last night. And then, look, there's a. This is it could be a regional thing. I know there's a lot of differences between north and south. I mean, people look at, you know, figures like uh, Abraham Lincoln and Beto E. Lee and all these people who are, uh, you know, from these different cultures differently from where they are. So I think that that's something mm-hmm. that we can kind of look into as a possible cause for Beto's uh, confusion here. Um, 
There are issues, however, when you try to appropriate culture, Pat. Uh, when you try to reach into some other a cultural group and, and, and speak to them, sometimes there are issues. There's a case of this that the media is liking, is, is like liking uh, to highlight today. Uh, and it's a, it's a commercial run on behalf of a congressman in Arkansas, uh, French Hill. Now, he had nothing to do with this at all. Although, surely, if you watch CNN today, he will be, you know, blamed for it. Excoriated, uh, yes, no doubt. Uh, it's just some unrelated group running uh, ads in support of French Hill, which is part of our ridiculous campaign finance law situation, um, where people, when they want to donate more money than the the maximum, which is completely unconstitutional to have in this country, uh, when people want to do that, they give it to super PACs and they run ads on the behalf of the candidate that has no control over those ads. So this is an ad being run in Arkansas. It's a, it's related to Brett Kavanaugh and it's being criticized. I don't know if you can detect anything here, Pat. I would like to get your call on whether you can detect anything. It seems a little odd here. Okay. Um, here is the mm-hmm. ad from uh, the group supporting French Hill. What do you think about what's happening in Washington? Congressman French Hill and the Republicans know that it's dangerous to change the presumption of innocence to a presumption of guilt, especially for black men. If the Democrats can do that to a white justice of the Supreme Court with no evidence, no corroboration, and all of her witnesses, including her best friend, say it didn't happen, what will happen to our husbands, our fathers, or our sons when a white girl lies on them? Girl, white Democrats will be lynching black folk again. Honey, I've always told my son, don't be messing around with that. If you get caught, she will cry rape. I'm voting to keep Congressman French Hill and the Republicans because we have to protect our men and boys. We can't afford to let white Democrats take us back to bad old days of race verdicts, life sentences, and lynchings when a white girl screams rape. Paid for by black Americans for the president's (laughs) agenda. Not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. First of all, I would totally watch a show with them hosting it. I, this sounds, sounds fantastic. Uh, and these are obviously real uh, points they're making. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. the point of, and this is a fascinating thing from the left, who thinks that, you know, we one of the biggest reasons Beto is in, a, in the public eye in the, in the United States and not just a Texas figure is because of this video he made about it's, gr- it's a great idea to kneel uh, for the national anthem. And what's behind that story? People like Colin Kaepernick saying that black people are being unfairly accused without evidence and being shot in the streets for no reason because uh, for, for crimes they didn't commit. At the same time, we're supposed to get on board, if you're on the left, you're supposed to get on board with, with, the, with a new standard in which any white woman can accuse a man of rape and we're just supposed to believe her. That is not going to work out well. For African Americans or any ma- any race of male, but this is the type of thing that makes no sense. I mean, there mm-hmm. are real cases of this. This isn't a fake thing. Go back to you know we talked about Tilltown. Go back to Emmett Till. I mean, this goes back a long way where black people were accused of doing terrible things to white people when they didn't, and entire communities went and attacked the black person. This is obviously going yeah. back quite a ways, but it is something that legitimately is part of our history, and it's surprising at the least if liberals actually cared about black people and black men like they say that they do that they would want to embrace a standard like this so the point behind the ad i think is is relatively fair and is something that should be communicated i think to the the african-american community the the, the criticism is perhaps a little uh, overdone a little overdone potentially 
<laughs> that is the criticism here. And it's interesting because I don't think it's a, it's not, it does not, I don't know the, the, uh, for sure on this, but what I've, my understanding is that these are the people who are recorded. This are African-Americans that there's not like a white person doing a black voice, quote unquote. These are African-Americans, uh, talking. Uh, and I guess the idea is that they have picked the stereotypical African-Americans to do the commercial. It's very uncomfortable, uh, I don't think that this is something that French Hill necessarily is embracing uh, by any means, but it is uh, something that's making a lot of uh, a lot of waves <clears throat> in the media because they're trying to make it seem like, well, this is just this Republican and who's a racist. I mean, I, a he didn't have anything to do with the ad, but besides that, uh, it is a, it's an interesting double standard that we find ourselves dealing with always. Yeah, and and we get that double standard in uh, to the tenth power. And, you know, I'm, I guess we get kind of used to it by now. I'm just sort of used to the double standard and to the point where you almost feel silly bringing yeah. up the double standard because it, it happens so much. It is. And it's but it's so obvious. Sometimes you have to. For example, mm. does anyone I mean, if you don't live in French Hills district, do you know who French Hill is? He's not a major. I actually don't. Yeah. He's not a major national figure as a Congress uh, person. Um, so, you know, like I, I think this wouldn't be a big national story. It is a big national story today. What is not a big national story is a name that almost everyone knows, Louis Farrakhan. Louis Farrakhan is not a big national story today. He's making no waves at all for his comments, uh, yet again, about Jews. Now, this is a person who has met with, you know, people like uh, Keith Ellison. He has met with several congressmen. He's been embraced many times, but even, you know, fairly recently. Uh, people meeting with him. We know that Barack Obama, mm-hmm. as, at one point, apparently had met with him. We didn't find that out until like he was out of office. Yeah. <laughs> like, how, that, how that happens, it's amazing. But here is uh, the latest from Louis Farrakhan. Remember, every knock is a boost. Hmm. So when they talk about Farrakhan, call me a hater. You know what they do? Call me an anti-Semite. Stop it. I'm anti-termite. I don't know nothing about hating somebody because of their religious preference. Okay. Right. Yeah. You don't know anything about hating somebody because of their religion. Really? Really. You you seemingly just (laughs) called Jewish people termites. Yeah, you don't know nothing about that. He said more clearly than that that that's what he's talking about in other speeches. Wow, uh, pr- pretty amazing. The other thing that's, that's that's interesting about Louis Farrakhan is nobody loves Louis Farrakhan more than Louis. Farrakhan. Oh, that's for sure. I mean, this guy thinks he's really clever. Yeah, he every does. every rhyming line, he's got this gigantic smile on his face, like he's uncovered some deep historical truth <laughs> or, uh, or or solved you know a perpetual motion machine. Uh, the guy is like he put. Every- Everybody in their place just now by slamming them down. On the, I don't know nothing about hating no religious group. I'm not, I'm not anti-Semite. I'm anti-termite. Like, he thinks that's oh, awesome. That's, yeah, he does. He's really excited about himself that he realized both of those words and in it. Like, he is excited about discovering that. That was an amazing revelation to him. <laughs> this is something that he's hanging around and he's like, I don't, I don't have any speeches scheduled. Schedule one. We need a speech just for this line. That's how excited he looks when he delivers that. <laughs> he's really pumped up about it. And I don't think he got the requisite 
reaction from the crowd. I think he wanted more of a, you know, a gasp or yeah. a laugh or something. He just kind of got, yeah. Oh, wait, I don't know how to respond to that. That was kind of a bad statement. Yeah. I don't think, I think he's going to be in trouble for that. I'll give him this, though. The, the, the words do end in a similar fashion. They so do. So that is something that he was able to do. They do. Uh-huh. Yeah. Termite and semi. So that's why, that's why he said it that way. Powerful. <laughs> Powerful. That's really funny. Oh man, he's like he's just like he's so happy. He looks so happy as he delivers <laughs> he these. I I can't wait to deliver genocide upon the Jews, and he just big smiles. <laughs> as long as he can come up with something that rhymes, you know, people have simple pleasures, and I think that's mm-hmm. you know he's mm-hmm. got a couple of things he's asking for: rhyming words and killing the Jews. Other than that, yeah, it's just come on, you know, maybe a, a, a good cup of iced tea, you know, something, something, the simple pleasures beyond that i mean he's 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 said some pretty outrageous things that get very little coverage and this is another one um people just they seem to kind of ignore him and act like uh he's not there supporting democrats he's kind of not there you know at the very edge of the left uh but if anybody on the right again this is the double standard had said anything approaching that Mm. Uh, about any, re- can you imagine if somebody on the right had said something like that about Muslims? Would that be everywhere? It would be everywhere uh, on the mainstream media. Uh, but he, for some reason, kind of flies under the radar and gets away with all of this stuff. Uh, I mean, I he still hasn't really suffered any consequences from talking about killing Malcolm X. Even, mm. um, which he pretty much admitted. Which he pretty much admitted with this. Yeah, I love Elijah Muhammad enough that if you attack him, I will kill you. Yesterday, mm. today, and tomorrow. And I'm not a killer, mm-hmm. but neither are you. But if somebody attack what you love, yes, each one of you in here would become a killer instantaneously. Mm. We don't damn about no white man law when you attack what we love okay Mm -hmm. Hmm. it ain't none of your business Mm -hmm. what did you got to say about did you teach malcolm did you make malcolm no did you clean up Malcolm? Did you put Malcolm out before the world? Was Malcolm your traitor or was he ours? And if we dealt with him like a nation deals with a traitor, what the hell business is it of yours? Is that amazing? I mean, that's an, a, a, almost an exact admission uh-huh. that he murdered somebody. Yeah, that we, yeah we killed Matt. Uh, it's none of your business, though. Oh, we don't follow your white man law. No. Wait. Not murdering somebody is white man law? I hope that's not true. I don't think Uh, that's true. No, I don't think it is either. And by the way, his Twitter account is still active. In case you were, if you have a conservative that recently had his account removed, you could still get Lewis. Lewis could still keep posting these uh, these videos. The Jewish termite thing was posted on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, they didn't shut him down. This is absolute Hitler stuff we're talking about. This is Hitler stuff. This is, this is uh, Third Reich stuff. This is, you know, the architect of the Third Reich, Beto Spears stuff. <laughs> it's just not right. Pat. No, it's, it's not. <laughs> We're getting deep.
<laughs> getting deep down here. <laughs> but I think it's important to point out this is, I mean, that's scary. Uh-huh. It is. That is uh, that's it's scary. And it's the fact that he continues to get away with it with no repercussions still. No. I mean, like, yeah, the, yes, if you ask a Democrat uh, publicly, will you distance yourself from this guy? Uh, most of them will say yes. They will distance themselves. I have nothing to do with him. They will They will attempt that. Mm-hmm. Then you find pictures of them together. Right. Find, like you, like you, Barack you, Obama. It comes out later. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least they're at the point that the only real repercussions this guy has has faced for any of this anti-Semitism is, you know, basically that he occasionally gets a public denial from a public source. And remember, he he was uh, he said that very early on with Obama saying that he he said he would say this. Yeah, he's going to distance himself from me, but that's OK as long as he does the right thing. Right. You know, I mean, so right. this is uh, it's it's a terrifying thing. And the idea that I mean, certainly the the you know, you remember the million man march, right? Mm-hmm. Which, you know, was not million, but it was a lot of people. Uh, you, the Nation of Islam is not a, a group of, of 20 here. Yet we'll find the Jews will not replace us guys from Charlottesville. Gosh, that's a oh, national yeah. story. And we talk about every that day. for, years, for and years, years and years and years. The biggest story of all time. Yeah. I mean, these guys, you know, it's a much larger contingency here. Much. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. Uh, Pat and Stu for Glenn, who's back on uh, Monday. Uh, should we take? Uh, let's go to Adam in North Carolina. Hey, Adam, you're on the Blaze or the Glenn Beck program, or both. Hey, hey, Glenn. Hi, Jeffy. How y'all doing? <laughs> Thank you. Well, I got thirty seconds, man. Go ahead, quick. My friends call me Beto all the time. Yeah. What's your name? Adam. <laughs> I don't know. Again, I don't think this helps Beto O'Rourke really at all. really work, does uh, it? Yeah. All right. Thank you for the call. Uh, we're gonna, I, we, I mean, Robert Francis O'Rourke, I'm comfortable calling him. I'm comfortable with Bob Frank uh, O'Rourke, which is fine, too. But I yes. just don't think Beto works. No, not at all. Hey, it's Glenn. And I want to tell you about something that you should either end your day with or um, start your morning with. And that is... The news and why it matters. If you like this show, you're going to love the news and why it matters. It's a bunch of us that all get together at the end of the day and just talk about the stories that matter to you and your life. The news and why it matters. Look for it now wherever you download your favorite podcast. Glenn Beck. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. And by the way, you can listen to my show, Pat Gray Unleashed, uh, immediately preceding this one every weekday morning at uh, 7 Eastern, which is 6 Central. On the Blaze Radio and TV networks, yes. uh, which is great. And also get the podcast. Uh, sign up for the podcast. You can subscribe to not only the podcast of the radio show that you hear every mm-hmm. day with, uh, with Glenn Beck, but also uh, Pat Gray Unleashed. Uh, you know, uh, you can also get uh, Jeffy's podcast, which we're going to be talking to Jeffy here in a little bit. Um, his podcast, of course, is called Chewing the Fat with, with Jeff <laughs> Fisher, which is... I. That's I just an who, expression. Oh, yeah. It's like hanging you know, out. You know, we're talking about issues. Yeah, we're just... No, no talking things over that's all <laughs> uh, we've talked a little bit about the elections uh, today uh, this uh, this update is kind of fascinating um i think if you want to want to boil down quick version of where we stand at this very moment it looks very likely that the gop will hold the senate it looks very likely that the gop will lose the house uh, you know the governors there's a bunch of stories there there's a lot of individual stories on both sides but if you're just going to summarize overall that's likely what we're looking at right now these mm. things can change, as we know. I don't. It's mm-hmm. not a lock on either one of them. Um, things things can change in significant ways. There's one thing that will not change, however, in this race, 
which is the Democrats have found a way to milk their people out of a lot of money. A lot of money. Now, this is, of course, the party that constantly tells us they want money out of politics. They just, they can't do it, Pat. They don't, mm. they, they do not want people buying elections. They don't want people right. with all, and they constantly are out raising uh, Republicans in these big, high profile races, you know, presidency and things like that. I mean, Barack Obama famously uh, outraised everybody in the universe. And, you know, Donald Trump spent like nothing on his campaign in 2016. Yeah. That's a, it's an undertold story of that election. Hillary, if the idea, if it's true that you can buy elections, Hillary Clinton absolutely would have won. I mean, she had way more money, far more resources, uh, because, you know, Donald Trump didn't throw a a lot of his own money into the race. They just ran it on a shoestring for much of the time. Mm -hmm. And they were still able to win. It kind of disproves every liberal theory about money and politics. Because he was kind of going on the theory that he didn't need anybody else's money. So he didn't, he sort of didn't try to fundraise much. No. I mean, he, he, had, he, he raised some money. And, a little bit, yeah. yeah. And he used some of his own money. But it wasn't like a billion dollars like she did. No, it wasn't even close. Um, and this is, uh, like, it, it, you know, part of that is he's a big celebrity, right? Like, he was a celebrity before he was a candidate. So he was able to mm-hmm. get a lot of TV time for free, and, and everybody was covering him all the time. You could see now, I mean, even after he's president, the, the media the media is absolutely obsessed with him as a person. Like, it just, they cannot get enough of him talking about anything. Every single story, you know, Saudi, mm-hmm. the Saudi Arabia murder story is all about Trump. Every story is all about Trump all the time. I mean, this is a foreign... Uh, citizen who was living in America who was murdered in an, a foreign embassy in Turkey by someone likely in Saudi Arabia, or, you know, from Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet know, that's about Trump. It's about Donald Trump somehow. Yeah. I, I, I don't know why that uh-huh. is, uh, but it, that's the case. So there are some differences there. We will have another test of this theory, though, in this midterm election. Can you buy a midterm election? And this is incredible. This is the House uh, fundraising across all races not include you know it's not about candidates that lost in primaries this is from uh, 538 they uh now this is an incumbency advantage remember for uh the the GOP the GOP con- currently controls the house usually it's easier to raise money if you're an incumbent uh however this goes back to 1998 here are, are the percentages of democratic fundraising in 1998 they had 43% of all fundraising okay uh in 1998 on the house 2000, it was 47%. 2002, 47%. 2004, 46%. You kind of see a pattern there. They're a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, Republicans slightly outraising them there. Kind of changes in 2006, where it goes to 50% Democrat, then 56% Democrat in 2008. That's Barack Obama's first election. Uh, it's been hanging around uh, 50% ever since. 2010 was 48%. 2012, 44%. 2014, 47%. 2016, 50%. So you get that. There's a range there from about 43 to 56% that is broken. And 56 was an outlier. Most of the time, it's right between 47 and 50, 51. So far in, in 2018, Democrats have raised 65% of the money going to the House. Wow. Again, they've never been higher yeah. than 56. 65%, a 65-35 split against Republicans. They are out. There was a congressman who came out the other day. He raised eight hundred thousand dollars in his district. Thought he did a good job. His opponent announced two point six million. Jeez, this is like it's unheard of when it comes to money and the disparity going on now. 
Now, Repu- the, the Democrats are favored to take the House. I don't know how much it has to do with money. But if they were to lose this race with these uh, with this sort of uh, climate, it would be mm-hmm. a complete destruction of any argument that money can buy elections. I mean, this is they're, they're going to complain. I mean, Beto O'Rourke was on the stage complaining with Ted Cruz about money and how Ted Cruz is influenced by you. Get a rate, made a hundred thousand dollar donation to him. Like, like this is a big, a big deal in today's world. Um, but I mean. He's raised, this doesn't even include Beto, he's raised $38 million, more than any Senate candidate By himself. In, his, in history yeah. for a quarter, mm-hmm. uh, which is incredible. You said it was, it compares to Barack Obama's raising, and what year was it that? It was more in the, in the uh, if you compare quarter to last quarter of the campaign in 2008, he raised more than Barack Obama during his presidential campaign. This is a, that's a presidential election. And that's this is amazing. A, this is a Texas Senate race, Senate race where he barely has any chance to win. Uh-huh. Now yeah. it's funny the Senate race record he broke was the one was the record set by Rick Lazio. Of course, you remember Senator Lazio from New York running against uh, Hillary. Right? Running against Hillary, he did not win that race. In no. fact, it was not a close race. Even though Rick Lazio wasn't a bad candidate, it was not a close race. It was Hillary, right in New York. Mm-hmm. You'd expect her to win. Mm-hmm. But I mean, again, you're between you're around fifty in almost every. It's almost a fifty fifty split every year, and this year it's sixty five thirty five. That's a big Jeez. deal. Um, and the other thing uh, that's kind of interesting on the in the bad side, if you want to get scaremongering for a while, and why not? Glenn's out. We haven't had mm-hmm. enough scaremongering lately. Um, we haven't said it always ends with a bullet to the head all week. All week. Uh, well, well we in have. the last two days, but now, now, we, now we just did. Now we have. So. Uh, going back in history, looking at 238 seats with a Democratic incumbent, only 8% of them uh, get knocked off when you have a Democratic incumbent running. For Republicans, the the rate is twice as high at 16%. Now, is that a big difference? I mean, 16% is still not high, but it does show that Republicans wind up losing these incumbency races a little bit more often. If you're worried about uh, the Senate, there's a little bit of there's a little bit of something there to be worried about. I think they're going to win the Senate. I think you're going to see a 53 or 54 seat majority. I think they may pick up a couple of seats. Oh, um, I'm I'm pretty hmm. bullish right now on Arizona. Um, I'm pretty bullish right now on Texas. Uh, those those yeah. two were in question uh, for really a while. I really believe. I, I think Ted winds up winning by maybe 10 points or more. I think it'll be a I double think, digit. I think victory. there's a good chance of that. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see six to 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, I would be surprised. If I think it it'll too be much closer fairly comfortable. Yeah. Fairly, I think that's where he stands right now. Yeah. Uh, Arizona is razor thin margins right now, but it's. I think it's trending well for the Republican there. McSally, I think uh, you've got toss-ups in states like Nevada and Missouri and Florida. That and Montana, Montana seems to be leaning a little bit to the Democrat, but I would you put that in the toss-up. Yeah, he's up by well. three. Yeah, it's close. last I saw. It's close, uh, yeah. but um, pretty much a toss-up race. But those other, I mean, Florida is a complete toss-up. There's just no reason for the Democrats to continually win in Montana. I don't understand it. I don't know how they do that. Or West I, Virginia. I mean, I'm, we're not even cl- talking about West Virginia here. I think Joe Manchin uh, probably sealed his reelection with his Kavanaugh vote, which was for Kavanaugh, the only mm-hmm. Democrat who did that. This yeah. is his brand there. I'll buck, mm-hmm. I'll buck the system when I have to. Um, I don't believe it. I mean, you look at his voting record. He's worse than every single Republican. Think about this. You complain about Mitch McConnell. You mm-hmm. complain about uh, Susan Collins. You complain uh, about uh, Lisa Murkowski. Lisa Murkowski. Joe Manchin's voting record is much worse than all of them. All of them. Yeah. It's not even close. I mean, Mitch McConnell is like the biggest conservative of all time. I mean, four 
a Democrat. He's he's moderate. Yeah, he's the most moderate Democrat. Yeah, but I mean that's not saying much it's because Democrats much. are now communists again. Yeah, they're right. socialists and communists. Yeah, I for mean, the most part. You think about Jeff Flake. Here's a guy who's getting bludgeoned so so much by the White House and by uh, the conservative media mm-hmm. that he's resigning and not even trying to fight for for that seat. That's the seat McSally is running for. Uh, well, he votes with the president way more often than Joe Manchin. It's not even close. Yeah, you know, again, West Virginia is a state is probably the most pro-Trump state in the union. He won West Virginia by almost, what was it, 30 points? It was close to 30, I think, yeah. And, you know, this is like, uh, it's bizarre they would go for, I mean, a Manchin's got mm-hmm. a big name in West Virginia. Uh, again, if you want to pick a Democrat in the Senate, uh, it, you know, you, you probably, Manchin would be the guy you'd be most optimistic for. He voted even more, I mean, Heitkamp almost certainly is going to lose now in North Dakota. But, I mean, in in West Virginia, you got Manchin, you got his Kavanaugh vote. You have a couple of, but again, this is a guy who voted for Obamacare. He's a, he's, he is a Democrat. This is not a, he's a moderate Democrat as compared to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. But is that what West Virginia actually wants? You wouldn't think so. Uh, Apparently so, though. He seems to be leading in the polls. It is an interesting development there. Uh, But uh, it is a winnable, it should be a winnable seat in this environment. Uh, Right now, Manchin's leading that one fairly comfortably. But even without the Manchin seat, you're you're at a, I think you can get to 53-54 without going crazy and i think you can get to 50 to 51 it would be a real surprise if they lost the senate at this point i mean i think there's a good mm-hmm. you know 80 percent chance that they're i mean most models are showing about an 80 percent chance they hold it and i think that's a, i think that's a safe assumption yeah interestingly you know when you mentioned heidi heidkamp in uh, north dakota uh, she's down by 8.7 now yeah the average is 8.7 points uh to the republican kevin kramer so yeah that's looking pretty good yeah pick my, up a seat there i think honestly you had two races decided by the kavanaugh vote one was mansion two was, was high camp. camp her vote against that sealed it i think i don't think she's i don't think she can win that race now i don't think she can win that race now i think she's gonna lose it i think she's gonna lose it pretty big i would not be surprised as you said a double digits situation happens there yeah but look again north dakota is a conservative state mm-hmm. uh they are looking at Hyde camp and you know i think a lot of people like to say well we've got this one democrat this is one we've got the one good democrat i think people like to say that mm-hmm. you know i think states in general like to say well we're not partisan we've got you know democratic governor or we've got a democratic senator and there's something there's some level of pride there to say like we're not only voting one way when you vote against Brett Kavanaugh in those circumstances with the arguments she used, this is not someone who is a borderline Democrat. This is someone who is embracing the same sort of standards you're seeing from Cory Booker and mm-hmm. Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and all of these far left figures. And good for North Dakotans for jettisoning her yeah. as a uh, as a result of that. It looks that way. Good. Yeah, it looks that way. So. Yeah. Yeah, there's some optimistic things there, but the danger's there as well. I mean, this this is going to be an interesting one. And if, and the one, the thing that's really unfortunate is if if all that happens is let's say the result is, and I think this would be a good result for Republicans right now, which is you get 53 or 54 senators in there, and you lose the House, but you lose it narrowly. You lose it, let's say, by eight or ten. Uh, seats you have a minority you might be able to get some stuff through in certain circumstances but it's going to be difficult and that's the thing there's going to be almost nothing they can get through 
almost mm-hmm. nothing, with the exception of maybe some bipartisan spending bills, which they'll find ways to get those through, I'm sure of it. But other than that, you're not going to get any real advances. You're not going to get any tax stuff. You're, you're going to have tough times with any regulation. You're going to get, you know, none of this stuff is going to be easy. As long as you keep running a massive deficit, you'll get all those bills through. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. just keep spending money and uh, they'll vote for it. Yeah. Uh, That's it, not a problem. To show you the house and how dramatic it is, at least by the polls look. And I know you're going to say, well, <laughs> the polls got the last thing wrong. Well, some of it they got right. Uh, and a lot of it they got right, including the popular vote, by the way, which is what they were actually trying to predict in the national polls. Some of the state polls were totally off, though. So we don't know. Will this hold? We're not sure. But right now, the models are showing um, there is a like a 0.1% chance that the Democrats could pick up 83 seats. Now, it's a 0.1% chance. Wow. So it's a really unlikely. Like, you'd wow. say that's an, an absolute no. It's not They're not going to get to 83, right? Mm-hmm. The models are also showing there's a 0.1 chance for Republicans to hold the same amount of seats they have now. It's that bad an environment. The same wow. same percentage chance. The, the crazy outlier possibility is Democrats plus 83, Republicans plus zero. What is the chance of not holding the same amount of seats, but, but keeping the majority? About 20%, they're saying. About a 20% chance they can keep the majority right now. Wow. The, about about the same percentage chance that Democrats can get the Senate. So, I mean, it, look, and if they get the House, if just mm. if all the Democrats do is get the House, they're going to be able to launch investigations like crazy. Right. They're going to... It's going to be a nightmare. Almost certainly impeach they the president. They will impeach him. Right. Like, now, because, will he be convicted? No. No. The Senate will won't. I mean, There's know. no chance of him really no being chance. convicted unless something dramatic were to happen. Right. Um, because you'd have to get to... Is it 67 seats? Pat, yeah. you know the stuff better than I do. Mm-hmm. It's 67 seats, you know, and they're not going to get anywhere close to that. Even if nope. they get the majority in the Senate, they're not going to be able to do that. But they will have uh, subpoena power. They will, they will bog down the administration mm-hmm. in constant investigations. And yep. look, investigating something that's real is fine. What they are going to do is not that. It's going to be ridiculous. That. It's going to be ridiculous. They're going to investigate. It's going to be a nightmare. You know, th- there's a new story out today that Ivanka Trump may have committed a crime. Have you heard this? No. Because when she was promoting the sale of real estate uh, in uh, when she was back in the day and you know doing and her job was with the Trump organization, she, she said things like, well, this, is, well, this one's almost sold out. And it was oh. not almost sold out. Like we're like, saying like our new building in uh, in. In New York, uh, you should get in now because it's almost sold out. And in reality, it was only like 20% sold out. Now, look, there's an Let's investigate that. to be made, right? Like, you shouldn't say that because if someone's investing in a property, I, I demand I an investigation. That. And these wind up going bankrupt. They're, I you, demand it. You joke. It's happening. <laughs> believe they're, it. I they, believe it. There's a huge report that came out from a left-wing media source that Jeez. this is going on. And New York has investigated them a bunch of times already. They're going to go after the House and the, the Senate, if they get control of it, will have, launch investigation after investigation after investigation, and nothing will happen in this government. They'll do an investigation as to why Donald Trump doesn't talk about his daughter Tiffany as much as he does Ivanka. <laughs> They'll do an I, investigation. I would actually I, like I want to see the results of that one, though. I really do. I There's something do. weird there. I know. <laughs> Poor Tiffany. I always feel like she's never included in anything. There's people probably right now saying, wait, he has a daughter named Tiffany? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he does. And, th- and that, so that was from yeah. Marla Maples, right? I think so. Yeah. The only one from... Yeah. So it went Ivana Trump, which you got Ivanka and Don right. Jr. and Eric, right? Right. Then he got married to Marla Maples and it was mm-hmm. just Tiffany. And then... And then, then this with, Ma- with, with the first uh, lady, Melania. With Baron. Baron, yeah. So, Who's what, 12 or 13 now? Yeah. But we always hear about everybody else. We hear about the other Tiff. ones. Yeah. Mm. Not different. I want that investigation. I support that. Yeah. Yeah. Triple eight seven twenty seven. Back is the phone number. Back with more in just a moment. 
One story, Pat. Uh, or by the way, Pat and Stu here for uh, Glenn Beck. Uh, he'll be back on Monday. One of the story that we has had no attention at all was a story about an ACLU lawsuit challenging uh, the government's uh, award of grants to the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops to provide services to unaccompanied minor illegal aliens and trafficking victims. Now, you might say, well, the reason why they didn't, no one's covering that because it sounds really boring. And that's true. <laughs> However, it's, there's some interesting stuff in there. They had a 34-page opinion, and they shot down the ACLU's argument saying, okay, the Catholics were not trying to endorse or went over to, uh, to a religion. They were just helping. So that, no surprise there. The ACLU sues everybody over everything. Mm-hmm. However, buried in the middle of the, this is from the Federalist, buried, buried in the middle of the court's analysis was a shocking revelation. Uh, re- revelation. Obama administration officials transported pregnant minors in federal custody to New Mexico to obtain abortions in order to circumvent parental consent laws in other states. An email exchange between two health and uh, human services employees in April 2014 exposed this fact. In discussing Maria, a pregnant minor held at a temporary shelter, possibly in Texas or Florida, the workers noted that Maria stated she wanted an abortion and did not want her parents to know that she was pregnant. At the time, Maria's parents, who were the who were sponsors, were located in Florida. Maria was in custody of the Federal uh, Office of Refugee Resettlement. After learning Maria had requested an abortion, according to government emails, two field specialists looked into the abortion laws in both Texas and Florida and reported that the general rule in both states was that minors could not have abortions without parental consent, with certain exceptions, like a, a, a waiver. Instead, they went the other way and took them to New Mexico for an abortion. With Pat and Stu, uh, joined by Jeffy, host of Chewing the Fat with Jeffy, <laughs> the uh, incredibly explosive podcast. Uh, no, I'm thinking of changing that, though. Why? Chewing the Fat with Beto. Oh, what do you think? Oh, yeah? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, uh, I like it. Yeah. You can, uh, by the way, get the podcast every day? Every day, Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. About uh, 4 p.m. Uh, Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, it drops, and uh, you can get mm-hmm. it wherever free podcasts are sold yeah uh it's chewing the fat with jeff fisher is how you find it uh and uh you should do that uh and jeffy i have the i think a potential story for you today okay uh just because we talked a little bit about this yesterday but this could be the most jeffy headline (laughs) of all time (laughs) nevada brothel owner expected to win election (laughs) despite death Amen. <laughs> That's my man Hoff. Yeah, my man Hoff. Yeah, he's still on the. He's still, he's on, still the, gonna win. Uh, on the on the ballot. They have to put. Uh, I read where they have to put a sign up where in the voting hall mm-hmm. that uh, he's still on the ballot, but he's dead. He's still on the ballot, but he's dead. But people are still. So mm-hmm. if he wins, uh, who serves? They will nominate a Republican to replace him. I guess. So this yeah. is your way, and this has happened in previous races yeah. as well, where where a candidate passes away, and then people still vote yeah, for it, them. Wasn't it Missouri where Missouri the senator had died and his wife yeah. uh, served in his stead? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's so what they, it, won't that's what they, one, it won't be one of his hookers, though. It'll be someone else, <laughs> I don't we know. assume. You we don't, don't know, know that. We don't know, do we? Don't know do we? we it don't could know be a business sure. partner. <laughs> it uh, could. You know, right. Heidi Fleiss? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> could be. Okay. I, right. Who knows? It could be. I mean, we don't know how many Republican hookers he has. It could be mm-hmm. uh, could be a high percentage. We don't know. We don't know. So we'll find out. But that's in- that's gotta be interesting. You're you know, voting for someone who's who's dead and, and a yeah. pimp. And a self self described pimp. <laughs> this is a, oh yeah, that was his, I mean he was that was his deal. Yeah. Interesting yeah. Republican world. Because he's a Repu- mm-hmm. I mean he's a Republican. Big uh, big 
he he ran one other time and almost won. Yeah, and he then lost this time, And this yeah. time he's actually going to win, it looks like. Wow. Um, I noticed that you were uh, still talking about Glenn and his canoe trip, but I looked for the GoPro video uh, <laughs> online, and I have yeah, not so seen I, it. Did you, uh, did you check the dark web? It's on the dark web. No. Yeah, that's where no. it is. Yeah. Oh. Uh, it's interesting because we. I just got an email here. It says, uh, this is t- Stu and Pat. I may be your only listener who's actually staring at the Mediterranean Sea as I listen. <laughs> I can confirm that Glenn is nowhere to be seen rowing near Amalfi. Oh, okay. That's, um, well, that's where, that was his departure point. That's where he, yeah, that's where he, he left, left from, from there, there. So he'd be a long way from there now. Yeah. yeah. That's why you're not going to be able to see him. I mean, it's a I mean, big ocean. You had to be there, what, yesterday or the day before? Probably, uh, somewhere yeah. Somewhere in there. Yeah. So he'll be yeah. back on Monday, though, Yeah, we think. Well, he's he, he he's already done the canoe thing across mm-hmm. the Mediterranean, and now he is, uh, he's climbing uh, K2 as we speak. He's and all that training he's done is paying, it's paying off. off, man. It's paying off. It sure is. Mm-hmm. And you can tell when you look at him. <laughs> also, by the way, There's he's going to be. There's not a lot of us that work out like that. No, that's and, true. Uh, you're you're one, you put you guys in the same category. Right? <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> so, what else do you have for us today? <laughs> good news, good news uh, coming. I know that uh, you know everybody was concerned about uh, uh, carbon taxes, but they're going to be here. Uh, Exxon Mobil has announced that they're going to give a million dollars to the Americans for carbon dividends, mm-hmm. and that means that uh, the carbon uh, <clears throat> the carbon tax is on its way. Are you kidding Exxon me? ExxonMobil is doing this? That's right. They're giving their... Unbelievable. Why are they Why are they Un- caving like this? Now, there, now there's some belief that why? they're not actually caving. They're just giving the million to pretend right. like they're for it, and they're not really. Uh, so that's very possible. That's but it's just the left to get things. people off their back. Well, that's yes. why. It gets nobody off your back. They mm-hmm. still disbelieve then you're... You just... Right. They, what Jeffy just said. They think yes. you're faking it. Yes. Yep. So you never... You don't get the credit for this. And, and, you know, of course, you know, it is an interesting thing when it comes to new government regulation. All these companies that go through and, and want free enterprise when they're coming up in the world. Right. When they get to be the biggest boys, they like hmm. some of these new taxes yes, and regulations because it mm-hmm. winds up punishing upstart uh, competitors. You know, Exxon can swallow a little bit uh, of yep. extra uh, oh, regulation and not, not deal with it. You know, that's why Google writes things. You know, they're, they're heavily involved in, in a lot of the net neutrality stuff. It's not going to hurt Google. They, you right. know, like they can take a little bit of it. Right. They can deal with it. Mm-hmm. It's it's the you know it's the guy down who's starting up something new that winds up getting punished. But listen, we all I think we all can agree that something has to be done because uh, no, what, what we cannot agree. Uh, <laughs> Definitely, have, uh, the things that they're going to try are not going share, to work. The latest report from mm-hmm. the IPCC uh, says the share of low carbon energy that we use to power transportation will need to rise from 5% to 25% to 45% in 2050 just to keep global warming to 2 degrees centigrade. Yeah. So something has mm-hmm. to be done. Mm. Right. Yeah. Well, well the, the world has had a really rough run of it in that first degree. I mean, you know, the last <laughs> mm-hmm. hundred years, jeez. Wow. What a disaster for humanity, if right? you think yeah. about it's, it. It's almost killed everyone on the planet. Oh, my gosh. Now, sure, the, the population has exploded. Uh, medical advances have exploded. Civilization mm-hmm. has been spread throughout the world to yeah. uh, poverty. Just in the past 20 years has dropped by hundreds of millions, if not billions. 
uh, tens of thousands of kids who normally would die just a couple of decades ago now live. But let's complain about that time. Oh, what yeah. about the ice caps, though? What about the polar ice caps? Yeah. Why are they gone? That's a good point. Why I, are they gone? I think if you... Why are they completely gone? If you're writing the story of the 20th Melted. century, mm-hmm. what you're going to write about, number one is going to be the you know the 0.7 degree temperature rise, and number mm-hmm. two is going to be the you know 0.1 of a you know millimeter sea rise, or whatever it is, uh, per decade over the past 100 years. Because sea level rise is the thing that's defined the last century. Yeah, Everyone's like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I remember when there were a bunch of states to the west of South Carolina and North Carolina. Remember that? Now they're all underwater. That's what everyone will talk about when talking about the 20th century. Yeah, Not yeah. all the wonderful advancements. And going back to, you know, uh, to uh, Exxon giving their million and still not being enough, it's never enough, right? I mean, never. these companies, it's never enough. They give in. We have the story about Kleenex rebanding their man-sized tissues because of the gender backlash. Yeah. Wait, what did they do? Um, there, well, there's been many people have complained meant in, in the story uh, and from uh, Kimberly Clark, who is uh, the maker of Kleenex. Um, many people have complained that man-sized tissues. <laughs> it's a, it's offensive. Were sexist right? and not inclusive. Yeah, yeah. So offensive. they're all complaining about uh, you know lady footlocker too, right? Like there's they're all complaining about things that are designed specifically for women. No, are you? What are you trying to make fun of this? Yeah, no, is that what you're I'm doing? Trying, I mean, oh my gosh! I'm saying that. Are you, are you a misogynist? Of, are you the leader of the manvertising <laughs> campaign? Manvertising. <laughs> I mean, that's what, so enough the, out of you. What is? The, I mean, I honestly, uh, this is an honest question. What? What do? What's the difference between a female and a male tissue? How does that work? What, what's well, it? look, there's there's a difference because it's called man size. So it's just mm-hmm. bigger. Okay. It's just mm-hmm. yes, it's bigger. A bigger tissue. Yes, and it and it's just it, what it is is. And he actually said, manvertising. That's what they're calling it. Oh, so listen, manvertising. And Kleenex. I like that term listen, though. Yes, it's fun. And Kleenex has said it. No way. Uh, <laughs> we no way suggest that being uh, both soft and strong is an exclusively masculine. They by trait. no way are saying no that. way. Not no by way. saying it's a man we size. That man no. size branding uh, suggests uh-huh. or endorses gender inequality. No way. No way. So uh, they're, they're keeping the man size. They're they're sticking no. by it. Well, they're going to keep the the actual product, but mm. they're going to you know Rename rebrand it. it. Of course, they're going to rebrand it. Rebrand it to what? Kleenex extra large. Oh. <laughs> Now, on behalf, I like to say this: that I believe that's fat shaming. I like. Okay, it. I want them to. I want that off. That extra large stuff. No way. I think you should push. I want this. you to. I want you to complain to <laughs> corporate headquarters and Kleenex. I want you to complain. That's amazing. I mean, Seriously, let's get them away from even the extra large. Because yes. Yeah. What are you? A triple, quadruple, extra large? What well, are I mean, you? Five X. Extra large is in the name. Yeah. So, and that's offensive. To <laughs> it you. is actually. It is. Yeah. It is. So that's amazing. Do you remember um, uh, Dr. Pepper 10, which came out a few years ago? Yeah, it's still out. I mean, you could still have it. And it's a 10 calorie version. It's not quite diet, uh, which is zero it was calories. supposed to be more for men, right? They That was their advertising campaign. And so they yeah, stopped Dr. Pepper 10. It's, it's for men. Like, yeah, they were like and they made it. It was all branded almost like an old spice commercial. Like it was like branded right. with all masculine, right. you know, big yep. guys with big muscles and like doing crazy things, lifting cars and all this stuff. Hey, you know, it's a, it was just a funny, jokey campaign. I bet they mm-hmm. wouldn't even do that today. No I haven't way. seen an ad oh, no, like that. No, no way. way. I haven't seen it. 
No I don't, way. They don't even talk about Dr. Pepper 10 anymore, do they? I mean, no, I haven't seen a commercial I, for it in a while. It is still mm-hmm. available and pretty delicious, by the way. Is it? I would say I'm, I'm a fan. Okay. I'd mm-hmm. be very interested to see what many people have com- what equals. Because they also say in the story from uh, Kimberly Clark that despite our consumer service registering consistent increase of complaints. Okay, so what is that? Two. two? Yeah, two to four. Uh, yeah. or, or is it the Probably. same three people that are complaining more than once? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it's got to be. Yeah, okay. A couple of people on Twitter said something. Right. And, and they freaked out. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's like uh, Pam on The Office. And they said, uh, she said, I doubled my sales last month. And someone said, well, from two to four? And she said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was yes. two to four. So, yes. 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 <laughs> but, and, uh, that's kind of uh, what we're talking about here. Yeah. These are not real complaints. I mean... Again, you can always find someone to say something. Always. I always get frustrated by these these uh, news stories that come out and be like, someone on Twitter said that they were upset. And it's just like a, a, a one person on Twitter. Finding someone to say any example uh, of any, mm-hmm. any word Twitter combination is. in the English language is not an achievement. It's certainly not mm-hmm. a news story. So the idea that you can find some people who are going to be pissed off at man size, I'm sure there is somebody some crazy person. There's probably some organization that has decided this is going to be their thing of the day to make their donors feel good about themselves as if they've achieved something in life. But in reality, this is not a real complaint. People don't care. People don't care. If you like man size, then you take the man size thing, right? I right. mean, who cares? And women could buy a man size. Just like if we yeah. wanted to, we could yeah, buy... Yeah, but they probably look, get looked at funny if they went through the they register would, with the man of size. Of course not. There is would no they be, downside to this. They'd be female shamed. Yeah, they yeah. might be looked at Man shamed. Like, You're for, not a man. That's not for you. You can't buy that. You, no. can't, you can't buy that. Your money's no good here. <laughs> it's not the way it works. They like your money a yeah, lot. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Now, if Jeffy went through uh, another transition and went back, because oh, uh, what are you, three or four transitions? And so going back to female, let's just say. Um, and, you, right. and you were then, would be a larger female if you were to transition back you'd be on the large side of the female scale that's uh, that'd be fair that'd be that's fair. fair uh and you wanted to go buy now man-sized tissues would this be offensive to you if you were now identifying as a woman very well could be i mean i know that uh you know <laughs> <laughs> really it yeah, really could be yes very well it could be very well could be okay I, I, when, when huh. I, at one of the transitions when i was mm-hmm. a female and mm-hmm. again i was <laughs> You know, larger. Yeah, right. The female. Yeah. Uh, I they don't have a fat girl section. Oh, uh, in ah. the in the stores, you know, really? like they have the fat guy section, big yeah. and tall or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But in uh, in most stores, not all, but most stores, you if you're a bigger female, you have to shop in the maternity section. Oh, really? And uh, I think I don't that's like I that. think that's old school. I I think that that's oh, been it? rectified. Oh, is it recently? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that better I think be, because if I go back to I female and I have to go to a maternity section. No, I don't think you'll have to. I don't think you'll have to go to the maternity <laughs> I don't section I think anymore. you should challenge Jeffy's unique life experience on <laughs> this particular topic. That's probably true. All right. Uh, we got more coming up here. 888-727-BECK. Yep, and uh, it's uh, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Uh, go on the podcast uh, app and search for it. And it'll be up uh, later today. Thanks, Absolutely, Jeffy. appreciate it. Uh, sponsor this half hour is Simply Safe. Of course, they're when Jeffy's on, they're always incredibly proud 
to sponsor that particular half hour. Uh, well, they should be. <laughs> Simply Safe is, is actually an amazing product because we, we've been doing business with these guys since when there was like five people in the company. That was the late 40s, I think. Late yeah, 40s? It might have been. Early it's, 50s. It was a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. Now, there, mm-hmm. I mean, more than two million Americans are using uh, Simply Safe to, to keep and safe every day. it's a billion-dollar company now. Incredible. It's really amazing. Incredible. We, they yeah. never gave us an opportunity to invest, which is... Uh, I, mm. I do hold that against them. Yeah. I will say that. I'm yeah. just going to come out and say that in the middle of their commercial. I hold it against them. Uh, because the reason why it's been so successful is the technology is great, and they've made it super easy for people. Mm-hmm. Um, I know uh, when you buy a house, a lot of times if there's an alarm in it already, you're stuck with a long-term contract. Uh, you know, If you want to get mm-hmm. something like that installed, it's drilling in the walls and all that. Simply Safe solved all those problems. There's no contract. It's $14.99 a month. My monthly thing went up to about 60 bucks. Just the sixty before though. I finally got rid of it oh. and switched over to Simply Safe. Sixty yeah. bucks. Sixty. It bucks started. A month. It started around I don't know nineteen ninety five or one of those. That was an you know, introductory then it was, offer. Then it was thirty two, yeah. and then it was like fifty nine ninety five. And I'm like, okay, no, uh, no, it's we're ridiculous. Done. Thank you. I mean, you in this world, you absolutely <laughs> at this point have to have an alarm system. You got to make a choice. Oh on yeah. This. I mean, I don't. I, I, at this yep. point, you know, you got to do it. But, you know, you might as well pick something that's going to be easy for you to, if you decide you don't want it for a while, if you if you run into a tough month, you can turn it off, you can come back on. And it's easy to put together. It's easy to, to set up. Yep. And I, it, we have a friend who's just lost her husband and she was asking about, a, you know, a, a system now. And I said, oh, you got to get Simply Safe. It's it's so easy to set up and it's the best there is. Mm-hmm. It's just high tech and you don't have to worry about it. Uh, you can get 10% off now your Simply Safe system. Go to simplysafebeck.com. That's simplysafebeck.com. It's a company we've been doing, you know, as I said, for a long time. These are trustworthy people. They have a really good product, and I think you're going to like it a lot. Simplysafebeck.com. Pat, Stu, Jeffy, uh, for Glenn, who is back on uh, Monday. Soon as he's finished uh, climbing K two, he'll be a little uh, sore. He'll be back. He'll be a little sore, be a little yeah, sore yeah. but I, I'm sure he'll be ready to go. Have you uh, seen the previews for this new Netflix movie that they're saying is so frightening? <clears throat> people who see it are vomiting and passing out. What? And they say don't watch it at night because you won't sleep. You'll you'll have to sleep with the lights on. I, I do have Netflix, but I haven't experienced that yet. It's called The Haunting of Hill House. Now I saw the oh, I yeah, saw the yeah. preview. I saw the uh, the trailer of it. It does. Have you look, slept since? Uh, yeah, but I didn't see the actual movie. I just saw the trailer, oh, okay. which does look spooky. It looks <laughs> terrifying. I'd love to hear from somebody who has seen this thing and uh, find out if you vomited while you watched it. I haven't heard that kind of stuff since, like, The Exorcist. Oh, no, yeah, long time. Yeah, long time. Um, most most shows that are supposed to scare the crap out of you just don't. No, they don't. It, you know? it wasn't too long ago, right, that uh, YouTube pulled the one, uh, the nun ad for being too scary. So maybe, oh, maybe, yeah. maybe we're just becoming a little bit too... A little too sensitive? Yeah, a little, a little too tech. wussified? Yeah, a little bit. A little too sissified. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, those are good words. Yeah. All right. Uh, Glenn should be back on Monday uh, with Stu, and uh, I'll see you on Pat Gray Unleashed bright and early in the morning, 7 o'clock Eastern. Then also check out our podcast, Pat Gray Unleashed, and Chewing the Fat with Jeffy. Glenn, back. Mercury.